Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for swinging by, checking out Todd Bits today. We're really excited with our guest. Guess who's here? Fourth time around. You got it. You asked for her. She's back. She's one of our favorite people on the planet. Please, everybody, give it up for the Deputy Administrator of the National Organic Program, AMS, whatever those acronyms are, because they kick my butt every time I try to put them together. Please welcome our friend, Dr. Jennifer Tucker. Jennifer, thank you. You're here. Hey, Todd. Great to see you, and thanks for having me back. It's my pleasure. Anytime I can get JT in the house, I'm all about it, baby. I'm all about it. I love our conversations. I love what we talk about. I love talking about the National Organic Program and how important it is to our country and to what we're trying to do and and the future and what, you know, putting good food on people's tables. Your work is so tireless and never, you know, and I start off every time I'm starting off like I do three times prior. I'm doing again with, hey, thank you for what you do, Jennifer. We appreciate you. I appreciate you, Todd. And again, it's so nice to have this forum to talk to the folks out there in the world doing the hard work of organic. No doubt about that. I mean, they are doing the hard work, but we've got some exciting stuff. I mean, not only do we have an NOSB meeting to talk about, we've got some other things on the agenda that I'm excited to talk about. So before we do that, though, let's talk really quick, get people up to speed, let them know what your role is at the USDA. So they have kind of a clear understanding. We're going to get into all my, I don't have that many, I'm only like a hundred and something thousand questions today, which is unusual for me. Well, you know, you said it's a, a busy time for us, and so it's great to cover a range of topics on, um, on these uh, calls with you. So at National Organic Program, NOP, uh, is the regulatory program that oversees the organic seal in the United States and around the world. And so we are now up to 71 staff members here uh, at the Department of Agriculture, and the Agricultural Marketing Service is our agency. And our job is to protect the seal uh, and to get the good word out about about what the standards are and how to follow them. We oversee a network of 76 uh, independent organic certifiers who are out there doing good work on uh, with organic farms and businesses every day. And they are tied together by the USDA organic regulations. It is a strong standard that brings us all together under one um, magic seal. And so we're happy to be here today to talk about it. Hey, well, here's a question I I got I got to throw at you right now. You got 71 people now. That does that mean you got more? You get more billions to go with each person? Because last <laughs> time we were working that pretty hard trying to drive more billions into the program. Yeah, the organic community uh, and the organic market has continued to grow over time, and, and Congress has uh, really seen the growth in the market and the benefit of the public-private partnership, and so uh, we just received additional funding, and FY uh, 2022, we are at $20 million uh, as a program, and so I think it reflects the success of uh, the organic industry and uh, gives us more resources to both develop the standards and protect those standards, because uh, that's... The, what we do here is we develop standards and then uh, protect those. I love it. More money, more money. Give them more money, people. Give them more money. It's a good thing. I love it. First of all, let's. So there's there is a ton going on, Jenny, and, and I'm excited. And the first thing I want to talk about is what's just been published. Um, you know, it, it's a big topic. It's been it's been a work in progress. It's it's really, uh, I, I think, a prime example of how this process works inside of the USDA and how you get a victory and how things work, you know, benefiting all stakeholders, which I think is just excellent. Share with me a little bit about what was just happened with the origin of livestock rule. 
So origin of livestock was a final rule, meaning it has gone through literally years of regulatory process uh, to create a change in the organic regulations. And this one relates to how um, non-organic animals become organic in the, in the dairy market. And I think what's really important about this rule is what you said, how representative this has become for the community. So uh, on in print, it's a livestock rule. And yet there was such consensus uh, throughout the organic uh, community and trade about the importance of this rule, not only for clarifying this particular set of regulations, but also for demonstrating the fact that the rulemaking process works. And so the real take home about what it says about the process to win the day is how important consensus is um, in getting things uh, finalized and how important that dialogue is to come to consensus, to all rally around a rule that the organic community and trade believes is important for the market and then communicating that with one voice to USDA. So important. Yeah. Uh, there were so many people rallied around origin of livestock. It takes time to do rulemaking because it impacts people's lives. Uh, and it does require a very intricate legal process because it impacts people's lives. And I, for one, am glad that we had the process we had of having multiple phases of public comment. Um, there's been wide um, praise for the rule since it's been published. And I think it's because it took a long time to get to the absolute best solution uh, that would serve the market uh, moving ahead. So thank you to everybody who submitted a comment and participated in the process uh, because this is how it's supposed to work. So thank you. Yeah, you know, you, you make a really good point, And I think people need to recognize that, you know, just deciding, you know, that you can't turn left here any longer. Is, it sounds really simple, but it's a process that's involved. And to your point, you know, you're talking about people's lives, you're talking about making decisions that can drastically affect who knows what part of the dairy business, and it all needs to be taken into consideration. I love that part of the process that you go through, because it really does win the day. Not everybody will be happy at the end, Perhaps, you know, maybe it doesn't get everybody to, you know, all warm and fuzzy. But if you don't go through the motions of understanding it all the way full circle, I think the, the, the what could happen by not doing that is far greater than maybe somebody not being, you know, 100% stoked over what just happened. But I think that process is so important. Yeah, agree. Yeah, well, for said. sure. Thank you. Thank you. So stick with it, folks. When we're working on rulemaking, uh, you know, keep the faith. Yeah, keep with us. Well, you have to, and I, I don't think this, this isn't a process that's, a, you know, you're, you know, it's just not you know, go get the ball and run hundred yards and score. It takes time. There's blocking and tackling and you got to get a first down and you got to work on this. And then the end of the quarter comes, you got to start the second quarter and all these, it's just a process, right? I mean, and I think people need to understand that patience is a part of a process. Yeah. So. And occasionally we go into the locker room and there are a lot of internal discussions and people don't hear about it for a little while. And then we right. come out of the locker room again. Uh, and so some rules are going to move faster than others. Uh, this one was a particularly long time span. And there are other rules that I, I think uh, will move uh, more more quickly. quickly. Uh, so uh, but it is nice to have it have it complete. And now our work is also just starting because now we move into implementation. Uh, and so we will be offering um, uh, training for certifiers in our organic integrity uh, learning center, which operations will also be able to take. So everybody will understand what's expected uh, so that we can effectively enforce the rule uh, once fully uh, implemented. Right. I love it. I think it's great. I'm glad everybody participated. Something that I find really interesting about 
what the, you know, the National Organic Program does. And I don't think people really, maybe they do, maybe they don't. If they don't, then this will be great for them. But you guys offer so many um, learning options and free trainings and stuff like that. And one of the areas that I think is really, really cool, and I just want you to touch on it because I want people to get online and look and see for themselves how great this is. But the Organic Integrity Learning Center is a super cool resource. Can you share a little bit about what it is and if there's any other programs that you know, pop into your mind that you think you want to drive people to to look at? Because this to me is just like, it's like Encyclopedia Britannica right there online for people that want to learn. The Organic Integrity Learning Center is um, a online 24-7 training resource. So it's full of self-serve courses um, uh, and lessons on many different topics of organic um, agriculture. So it um, has courses that are specifically oriented towards organic inspectors. It has a course for people who are just exploring the organic option and want to look through some of our sound and sensible certification resources. There's an entire course on the compliance and enforcement process and an advanced compliance and enforcement process. There's a course on uh, labeling at farmers markets. There's a course on uh, conducting seed searches. So uh, it really covers a range of topics. Right now we have uh, more than eight thousand users um, of uh, the Learning Center and more than 110 hours of uh, content, of uh, free content that's ready to go. We add courses um, uh, regularly because uh, this is part of continuous development and continuous improvement of the organic industry. It is free. And so if you type in AMS, uh, USDA, Organic Integrity Learning Center, you will find it and you can sign up for an account uh, in real time and uh, you don't even have to talk to anybody. You can just sign up at two in the morning if you want uh, and immediately start registering for and uh, completing courses. So it is it's our, it's our centerpiece for education at this uh, point in, in time. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Cause again, I, I, you know, one of the things that if anybody that I feel important to get out of this is getting people to better understand how big the NOP is, what they do, you know, a lot of people know what you do because they read it in the paper, they read it in a news clip and they don't have the understanding of the depth. And I'm telling you, it is an amazing organization that is doing big, big work, you know, on behalf of consumers and farmers and, you know, our country in a big, big way and globally as well, because people look at people look at what you guys are doing as the benchmark of what needs to be done. And I think that's really impressive. Yeah, we have other government partners who use our learning center, uh, which is wonderful in terms of global harmonization as well. Um, Absolutely. We're all accessing each other's resources. It's great. It's great. I love it. One of the things that's coming up and and, and, um, that's, you know, in the works right now, and I want to touch on a little bit because it's it's. It's not going to say a hot button topic. I think that's probably a little bit of exaggeration, but it's certainly something that people are talking about right now. And, and, and it's and worthy of conversation is the organic transition initiative and what's happening with that. So can you talk about that a little bit and just what it's going to be and, and how it's going to help consumers? So let's talk about um, the initiative in sort of broad terms. So for folks who um, aren't uh, necessarily following this every day, um, uh, last year, uh, USDA Secretary um, Tom Vilsack announced that USDA uh, will be providing uh, $200 million to support organic transition initiatives. And uh, so the goal with this type of program would be to build up more and better and fairer markets uh, for organic farmers by uh, helping farmers navigate navigate a transition. So for farmers who are interested in becoming uh, organic, helping them navigate the transition um, and supporting a robust uh, organic market. And so uh, more details are uh, going to be coming, coming soon to 
yeah, today I'd love to share kind of what we've heard from the industry that is helping to shape that. Absolutely. That Let's go do it. Um, yeah. Let's do and it. So uh, let's talk about where we have heard from the organic community that uh, the most uh, emphasis is needed. And so uh, certainly there's the importance of consistent national standards and the importance of protecting those standards. We've already right. talked about sort of yeah. origin of livestock and um, the enforcement work we do that's a natural part of our work. Um, but this uh, initiative was specifically focused on transitioning farmers uh, and uh, how we might remove some of the supply chain barriers that they uh, encounter. And so we've heard from, uh, from stakeholders across the organic community about the importance of direct farmer-to-farmer uh, -farmer mentoring and technical assistance. So really key to building the ground level networks and community that helps you know, you know who can I call if I just want to talk about local markets or what are the right, right rotational part uh, crops in this area, or where do I find organic seed? And um, so how do we engage knowledgeable local partners to provide that direct market training, farmer days, educational workshops, um, field-based assistance, um, and things like agronomy, certification, extension services, conservation planning, business development, navigating the supply chain, uh, regulations, and marketing. Now, these might be things that existing organic farmers can also access. So we're not trying trying to set up something specifically only for transitioning farmers. The goal is to build the community of knowledge and network um, that would support the transitioning uh, process. We also have heard about the need to better communicate across uh, USDA what the different services are. You know, so for example, right now different agencies may define transition differently and have different mm. requirements for farmers right. who want to access resources. Well, do you need an organic system plan, or you don't need an organic system plan, or you need to be working with a certifier, or you don't need to be working with a certifier. And so, uh, transition is not actually an official certification category in the regulations, and so that may. Uh, some of these questions uh, hard for people to navigate. And so we have heard from the community that broader technical assistance is needed to really understand the requirements and the resources that may be available. So that's a, a lot of what this is about is building that organic bench um, to better serve transitioning farmers and existing farmers. How do we best break down supply chain barriers? We know some organic markets may have in, um, inadequate organic processing supply or uh, distribution mm -hmm. infrastructure or in, in a insufficient organic ingredient supplies. Uh, how do we um, build for more consistency in the infrastructure to support this growth over time? So that's what we're hearing. And I think those are the types of um, important points of feedback that are informing uh, this initiative. Uh, and the specific elements of it, which again, we hope to announce soon. And I'll come back for a fifth time to tell you more about it. You heard it here first. She's coming back. We're not even done yet. She's already coming back. I, I love it. <laughs> but you know, I, I think this is a super important topic because, you know, hey, 2050, 9.8 billion people are going to be here on this planet. That's a lot of people to feed on a daily basis. Um, you know, and, and I'm all about, if, you know, if we can give 9.8 billion people organic food to eat, I'd be the first one in line saying, I'll vote for that, right? That's a good thing. So, you know, but and also to, in, in fairness, I want to touch on this because I think some people have a concern about this isn't a retail label. This isn't about anything along those lines. This is about bringing people alongside, uplifting what they're doing and working towards a greater good of getting more food out to people. I mean, really quite simply. 
and making the organic option available for people who want to explore that. So for farmers who are interested in getting into climate smart agriculture and see organic as a great way of doing that, because it is a federally controlled label, um, then uh, we just simply want to connect them with the resources that helps them navigate that transition uh, more, more smoothly. We're bigger now. We have more resources now as an industry to help each other and to, as you always say, lift each other up through the process. And that's really what this initiative um, is uh, designed to to do. I love it. All right. Well, we're going to switch gears a little bit into the NOSB now. And and I throw something at you at this time just to be, I, I think because so many people just don't know enough. They know a little, but they don't know enough. And I think it's important we take some time to help people again, kind of uplift what's really going on. So one of the things I want to talk about was kind of how the NOSB works on the topic. And this one I wanted to look at was, you know, they do some really um, heavy lifting about making recommendations about, you know, what is and what isn't allowed. Um, Fertilizer is a topic coming out this this meeting. It's a topic that everybody's kind of talking about, you know, and so I want to kind of get into how it works so people can understand that it's just, you know, the process that's involved because I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with the origin of livestock about the process. So the NOSB can make a recommendation to prohibit a substance, right? But at that point, it's up to the Secretary of Agriculture um, to determine after they consult with the Secretary of Health and Human Services, as well as the administrator of the EPA, finding that the substance is harmful to human health or the environment is in, and is inconsistent with organic farming and handling. So that being said, I'll throw it down to the question part. So what's the process to take the NOSB recommendation to prohibit, let's say, fertilizer, non-synthetic fertilizer, to the Secretary of Health and Human Services and then over to the EPA to determine what is harmful and whether it's harmful to human health or to the environment? That's a really broad, big question. I hope that made sense. Uh, yeah, it did. And let's take, so we'll take a deep breath and start at the beginning. Um, and as I think sometimes it's helpful for everybody to remember the overarching framework here is when we're talking about organic crop production, let's just focus on crops because that helps us sort of define the, sure. the field work, yeah. literally the field we're talking about here, um, <laughs> that in general, uh, naturals are allowed and synthetics are prohibited. And then there's a part of the organic regulations called the national list uh, that is a list of exceptions. So it's the allowed um, synthetics and the prohibited naturals. And so what we're talking about in this particular use case is some recommendations that the board has made uh, to list um, uh, some substances as prohibited naturals, uh, which is actually, it's a fairly short list of all the the lists in the national list. Uh, The list of uh, prohibited naturals is pretty short. And so then we turn to uh, the section of the Organic Foods Production Act, um, OPFA, uh, which is really the piece of work that guides us all uh, for, well, what does it take to be listed as a prohibited natural? And so that's where we get to the reference that you were just making about uh, EPA and FDA. So we do have a recommendation from the board on um, to list uh, as a new prohibited naturals. And so that Recommendation comes to us. Real important for everybody to remember that the board is an advisory board, uh, which means it gives the secretary advice, uh, gives in the form of recommendations that have been voted on and passed uh, with a, a definitive vote. And they come to us as recommendations and advice uh, that the secretary then needs to take another step to review, uh, given the, the criteria in, in AFA. And so how do we do that? Well, I mean, like we literally 
at the program uh, level, take the re recommendation and review that recommendation, uh, review against the opt for criteria. And we literally pick up the phone and call folks over at EPA, call folks over at FDA. Um, EPA is another agency like USDA that has a lot of different offices with a lot of different uh, jurisdictions. And so uh, determining which is the right office to consult with, FDA, which is the right office to consult with, and we gather information from them as well. And so there are recommendations uh, that come from the NOSB. Many recommendations move ahead to rulemaking, and some recommendations do not move uh, to rulemaking, depending on USDA's independent analysis of the board's recommendation. So right now, we are in the phase where we are reviewing the board's recommendation related to these materials and asking these types of questions. What does sure. office say? What, does, um, uh, what do the regulations say? What does EPA say? What does FDA say? What is the body of knowledge and science and use that we know that informs um, uh, this uh, this decision on, on the path forward? So that was a lot. I'm going to pause and see where no. we are. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great because I think it's important. Again, I think it's important that people understand the process that it's just not, you know, you wake up and decide to not, not allow a left turn anymore, right? It's not that simple. And I think that when you look at it to what you said earlier, I think this just, I think this just adds to what we were talking about. We're talking about affecting people's lives. And, you know, we need to understand what that means. We need to understand what those choices actually turn into, right? We just, you can't willy nilly food, right? You've got to be, you've got to be mindful of that. So, you know, I think it's important that people understand that it's just not, okay, it's out next, right? It's, it's thoughtful. And it's a part of that process that I think people need to understand that it's not going to happen overnight. It shouldn't happen overnight. I think it would be, I think it'd be problematic if some of these decisions were made overnight, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Because you need that time to consult and think and think it through. And what, you know, and if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work because it's not environmentally right or whatever the case may be, then we need to know that. And we need to go back and say, hey, what's next? And it's another really good point. You know, when we talk about what's environmentally right, what is harmful to the environment, turns out the environment's a big place, right? And so um, one of the things I love about organic is the multidisciplinary uh, nature of it. And so we talk about science-based decisions. In this case, we have uh, the science of chemistry. We have the science of, um, of, of the soil science, so agronomy principles. We have a science of, of plant uptake and horticulture and ecology is another good science yeah. that feeds in here. And so the number of sciences, uh, when we are making science-based decisions that come into play, not just with this question, but any question. And I do think it is a tribute to the systems nature of organic agriculture that it does touch so many sciences and that it does make this um, these very complicated topics that have also a lot of emotion in them. Um, For sure. There are a lot of people who feel really strongly uh, on uh, different sides of this argument, depending on what they value the most. You know, what do you value the most? Of, and those are personal values as well as mm -hmm. um, business values and environmental values and economic values. Uh, so it, it ends up being very, very interesting uh, questions uh, that do need to be considered in a very, very thoughtful manner. Absolutely. I just don't believe you got an easy button on this. I just don't think that what, what you guys are doing, just you just don't have that press the easy button. It goes away. I think that just it's just it, it, to me, it goes against almost the core values and principles of what organic is all about anyways, because if organic was easy, hey, everybody would be doing it right. It's not. Yeah. It's a challenge. And 
it's a worthy challenge. And I think the fact that, that the way this process is set up protects that worthiness of what the cause is to make sure that everybody's protected all the way through the supply chain. So thank you for sharing that. I know that was kind of a, a different path that we've gone on before, but I think I'm going to, for number five, I think I'm going to throw it back in there. How's the NOSB work? We're going to keep it a new, a new segment we just created. Yeah, there's always an interesting use case um, or case study of something that the board is working on um, that has a lot of scientific complexity, sociological complexity, um, uh, agronomic uh, complexity. And so, again, I think for many of us, that's what draws us to uh, the field. I'm not sure I... I don't. I don't want an easy button. I. I like the complexity of the these these challenges, and we are. My obligation is to be a thoughtful uh, and fair protector of the process. And so, you know, my number one job is to protect to protect the process. So. Yeah, I love it, and thank you for doing that. By the way, another thank you. I'll throw at you. I'll get another one in before the end. Believe me. <laughs> so let's talk about the meetings coming up. We're going virtual. Here we go. It's yep. a, it's a, it's a, as, as people say now it's a zoomathon, right? <laughs> so we're the meeting the meeting's going to be uh, from uh, April nineteenth to uh, the twenty eighth. Um, public comments are coming out on the nineteenth and the twenty first, which are always I think worthy of people taking time and energy to listen to. It's important to hear what your peer group is talking about, right? It's it's kind of it's kind of fun to listen to actually. What's what people are passionate about and what's what is important. I tell you, I listen to them and people say, so it's like, what the, I, like, what is that? Things I don't know. It's like, well, now I got to figure that out. Now I'm on the, you know, getting there, hitting the Google machine, trying to figure out what the time. And I think it's really important that we lean into that. So I'm excited about that. Um, you've got some new members joining the board. So I'd like, if you wouldn't mind, just give them some props and just let people know kind of who they are and what they're, what they're about. That'd be awesome if you wouldn't mind. I don't want to put you on the spot. I hope you have it in front of you. I know them. We've met them. We've already had new member training uh, with our new uh, new members, uh, and this will be their first uh, meeting. So uh, four out of the 15 folks uh, will be brand new to the meetings. And we're now at a point, um, we've been doing so many virtual meetings that we only have a couple of people that actually done a meeting face-to-face now. So it's going to be interesting when we all come back together to uh, kind of uh, get back into uh, that particular cadence. So let me uh, introduce our new board members. Yeah. Uh, we have... Uh, Liz Graysnick uh, from Missouri. Uh, she's in our environmental protection resource conservation seat. She's also a farmer. So she owns and operates um, uh, uh, an organic uh, farm. Uh, and uh, so she's been on uh, lots of different uh, organizations from an environmental sustainable ag perspective. So thrilled to have Liz with us. Um, we have Allison Johnson uh, is from California. She's in a public interest and consumer interest group seat. Uh, she works for the Natural Resources Defense Council. Um, and so uh, she has an attorney. Uh, she's a, an attorney, but that has worked extensively with the organic uh, regulations and uh, has familiarity with the, the organic certifier community as well. Uh, we have an academic, uh, Dilip Nandawani uh, from Tennessee. He's in our scientist seat. And so he has a uh, PhD in botany. There's another scientist uh, that we're talking about here. Uh, he has 10 years of a teaching experience with a focus in organic agriculture and um, cool. crop science, which is terrific, a great perspective. Uh, and then we have um, Javier Zamora from California, who also owns a farm. He uh, uh, owns a vegetable and fruit farm in California and has uh, done a lot of work with farmer assistance in understanding direct marketing regulations, organic compliance, um, and in developing new organic uh, markets uh, and is fluent in Spanish. So, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful, uh, diverse group that brings a lot of uh, 
great differences of perspective and I think will add to uh, the, the voices of the NOSB in a really strong and um, thoughtful way. So we're thrilled to have them on board. That's great. Well, congratulations to them. Has there ever been any kind of discussion about, you know, the board's been at 15 people since its inception. Has there been discussion about expanding the board or maybe the scope of what the members are to be more reflective on kind of like how the industry itself is advancing? You know, changing the composition of the board would actually literally require an act of Congress. Um, uh, that, Good luck uh, there. Good luck there. <laughs> uh, the, Never mind. The board, uh, the board is uh, <laughs> described in some detail in the Organic Foods Production Act in terms of its composition and what the, the seats are. So um, those kinds of changes, if there's interest in the uh, industry, from the industry and changing those things, that uh, occurs usually through the farm bill process. Um, oh, okay. so we're coming up on that. And so that's where organic stakeholders, you know, organic stakeholders tell us what they're interested in and, but they also go to Congress and tell Congress what they're interested in. And so if the Congress chooses to make a change to the farm bill, um, like for example, in the last round requiring organic import certificates, which we're in mm-hmm. the process of implementing, uh, they will, um, uh, uh, Congress can change the act through the farm bill uh, process. So that's how the board composition would uh, would change if it did. We do, would not have the authority to do that at the program mm-hmm. level. There you go. I love it. Cool. Well, I know one of the topics coming up that I think is is certainly on the forefront of conversation with inside the administration. And, and certainly, I think it's on the tip of a lot of people's tongues right now. We're talking about climate smart agriculture. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, can you just share a little bit what that means and why it matters and kind of where where that's all at? Because it's it's a fascinating topic to be thinking about. And the depth of it is amazing. Yeah, organic is, um, you know, I, I hear it often from the, the community, you know, organic is the, um, the original climate smart uh, agriculture. There's so much about organic uh, that reflects climate smart agricultural practices from um, soil conservation and soil health management to water conservation, water health management, uh, to a real systems view of uh, pest management to reducing uh, synthetic inputs on, mm-hmm. on farm of really working with uh, the system and the environment uh, for agriculture production. And so I think um, as a as a community talking about those benefits and talking about those direct relationships, I I think it links to transition in terms of you have a lot of interest in climate smart uh, approaches. And so I I think for farmers who are interested in exploring the organic options, is about the organic premium, but it's also about protecting the planet and taking action um, in climate smart uh, ways. Uh, so it, it matters in, in helping to, uh, again, you talk often about elevating the voices of organic um, and making sure folks really understand that the scope of organic directly touches an awful lot of uh, what we talk about as, as yeah. climate, climate smart. And we've asked the board to work on this in terms of better articulating that message uh, so people really understand. And also, if you've gone through the energy of organic certification, there may be other benefits that you can um, receive through you know, credit uh, credit systems. I don't even know all the different uh, programs right. out there, but you already have the document of the organic system plan that documents these climate smart practices. Where could you leverage that work? to get other types of um, benefits or, or, or credit. So I think uh, that that's an important topic if you're 
practically a farmer. We talked to a, a, to a farmer, we talked about the fact that he does a state level um, paperwork related to, um, to carbon emissions and um, gets credits for the work that he does in organic, but a lot of farmers don't know how to access that. And so we've asked for the board in helping us understand how better to communicate those resources. I think it's great. I, I, I think it's a really hot button topic. I think it's a positive topic we need to be talking about. We've got to make again, you know, we've got to feed all these people and we can't do it. The, we can't do it the wrong way because we're going to suffer for it. So we've got to be thinking smart. We've got to be thinking bigger picture. And I think it's great that this conversation is at the forefront. What are some of the other things coming up on the meeting? Any other highlights you want to throw at that, that's out there? I mean, we got the new members, a little climate smart, virtual. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, virtual meeting, new members joining. Um, and so uh, we also have a new chair. Um, so uh, Steve Elo is our chair for um, uh, right. two years and Steve's no longer on the board. So thank you, Steve, wherever you are for your service. Um, uh, so Nate uh, Powell Palm is now our um, board chair. So he'll be presiding over his uh, first meeting. Um, and so I think it will be an, int- an interesting ongoing discussion on uh, fertilizers you uh, brought up uh, be- uh, before, but there are a number of other interesting topics on the agenda. Uh, and so encourage people to just sort of stop by and listen in for whatever uh, time you you can. I'll give an update on our regulatory priorities. We recently announced a federal register announcement asking for input on what the regulatory priorities should be moving forward once we move through the roles we have in the pipeline. Uh, and uh, we've gotten some very good feedback for that. And so I'll, I'll be giving an overview of um, uh, what did we hear and what's next. So that's a, a little bit of a teaser on day one. I love it. I think it's great. Okay. So Two-part question, two-part question for you, like I like to do. That way, just, just those kind of, it's just easier to throw a curveball all at one time. First, how do folks participate, right, that's going to be going on with this meeting with the NOSB, with the NOP? And then the second part of my question, which is the more important part of the question, in my opinion, why should people participate? Because I think that's the number one thing we need to get across to people. It's like, you know, don't be an armchair quarterback. Get into the game and help us build this industry. So you answer that any way you want. I have to softball. Uh, let's uh, start with the second one on the why. Yes. Um, uh, so why participate is um, because the rules impact you. Uh, the, every decision that is made impacts organic farmers uh, and organic processors. And so uh, getting in the game allows you to shape the conversation and your voice matters. Um, the public comments uh, before board member uh, meetings and then during the rulemaking process, they matter. Um, those uh, letters that you send into the, the program they matter. And so engaging uh, through the public comment process with the board, but then the public comment process through rulemaking is so important uh, because it really does impact you. So you can easily sign up for our newsletter, go to Google USDA AMS uh, Organic Insider, and you can sign up to get notifications. We do not spam. It's about maybe one message every week or every two weeks, but they're always content-rich messages with ways to get involved or new trainings in the organic Integrity Learning Center, um, open comment, public uh, comment periods, and new rules. So once a new rule is published, uh, explaining what the rule is and uh, when it's effective and all of those good things. So um, just getting yourself signed up for the newsletter, for the email newsletter, is a step you can take today uh, to start learning. And then you can engage on the topics that you're most interested in. Uh, You can also get involved with organizations that um, submit comments on behalf of their members. Uh, 
um, and let them uh, have your, uh, your, your voice heard uh, as well. So uh, lots of groups interact uh, with NOP. So find out, you know, the groups that you belong to, what are their positions on some of these different issues and how can you help shape their comments as well as communicate directly with, with, with us. I love it. Well, like ams.usda.gov. You start there and you can, you, there, it, there's a plethora of stuff. It's, it's, I, and I don't mean this in about, it's just overwhelming how much work goes in and how much work you all put in to build this. It's just, it, it's mind blowing to me that the, the different things that are always going on, how things interconnect, the process that's involved. It's, it's, it's a really an impressive piece of work to be really honest with you. It really is. It's, it's powerful. I got a great team here that really understands the value of communication and, and we get feedback in terms of, oh, I didn't really understand this or um, what does this actually mean? And, and we adjust accordingly. And so we are very open to feedback. The public-private partnership is truly a partnership uh, and mm-hmm. we want that open dialogue uh, with the community. And so it does start with um, open and transparent information that it's largely delivered through the website, but is also delivered through things like this and through NOSB meetings and through conference um, presentations. We really do care about you folks out there and we want to engage with you um, in many, many different ways that you are the organic program. I love that. Thank you. That's, I love that. That's awesome. What a great, what a great, what a great way to come back around and finish this bad boy. I love it. Any final thoughts or anything that, you know, that we didn't touch that you want to make sure we get on the table for everybody other than get your butts on the zoom call and let's get on and get involved. (laughs) Listen in, you know, whatever step is best for you in getting engaged. If you haven't been engaged before, um, we always welcome new voices to the conversation. And um, Todd, again, I always appreciate your creating this forum for us to be able to share uh, kind of not only big things that are happening, but also the process. How does this work? Um, And I think that's so important for people to understand where to hop in is understanding what the process is once you get there. So thank you for letting us make that uh, more transparent and open to you your community. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. You know, I, 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 I really do. That means a lot to me to hear that. And, and, it, and you're right. It's very important that we understand the process and we understand that there isn't an easy button, right? You know, and it takes all of us to lift. And I think it's, you know, the, the more the more people are lifting, the lighter the load. So, you know, I think it's really, really great. So the meeting starts on the 19th of April coming up uh, next week. Duh, what am I doing the math in my head next week? And um, uh, it's also the following week as well. So it's going to be a two parts So go online again, get online, check it out, get yourself signed up, listen, participate, whatever it needs to do. You'll enjoy it. You know, give yourself some time to check it out. I think you'll be really fascinated by the whole process and the conversation. And you know what, if you don't know something, get on the Google machine and figure it out and learn because it's a great process. I have to tell you, I've been in NOSP meetings myself and I've Googled things. So I don't know what they were talking about. And um, so, yeah, it's uh, the range of knowledge. You're not alone if you're Googling during a, a during a meeting. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I've done it. Believe me. <laughs> Believe me. So how do I much. pronounce this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, let alone that. Like I always tell you, you got the acronym Scrabble going on, too. That's you got to have two cards yeah. for that. Right, exactly. No, I, I, I really do appreciate you, Jenny, for what you do and, and showing up every day and everybody that's in your office. And I mean, it's 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 a you guys don't get thanked enough. You don't get uplifted enough. And, you know, you have a, a, always have a, a place to come here and share and to talk and to elevate these conversations, to bring people alongside the process, because that's how we're going to win the day. Right. We win the day by coming together, not by standing apart. And uh, it's just so important that we do. And then we invest in our food and we invest in our future. 
and our climate and our grandkids and all the other things that are coming, the 9.8 billion people that are coming, plus the aliens. Don't forget them. We know they're coming. I tell you all the time they're coming. Um, so thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out. And you've already said you're coming back for number five. Boom. Drop the Sharpie on that one, kids. <laughs> it was great to talk to you, Todd. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Go check it out. NOSB meeting coming up. Participate. Get involved. Know what's in your food. Know why your food's on your kitchen table, why you're serving it to your family. It's really important. Thank you for being here. Remember, go inspire somebody today. It's really important. Take care. And we'll see you soon. See you on social media. I don't know. We'll see you somewhere. Take care, everybody. Bye. <laughs>